Hello and welcome to another episode of Marriage in a Tightrope. This is Alan. And I'm Katie. And we're still married. It is a wonderful, is it a one? It's a wonderful Sunday. In fact, this is the last Sunday of September, which means in the Mount Home, we got all of our Halloween stuff out. I do love Halloween. Katie's a big Halloween fan. I got home from a little errand and there was Halloween music, specifically Nightmare. I almost said Nightmare on Elm Street. That's not what it's called. What's it called? The Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. That's right. And it was a lot of fun. As far as announcements today, I don't know that we even have any announcements. I think we're just going to jump right into the topic of today, which is investing in your marriage. Is that the topic of the day? Yeah. And I would add self-development. And self-development. So investing in your marriage and yourself. Because a lot of times in a mixed-faith marriage, there seems to be so many differences, or at least you're highlighting the differences And you really can get sidetracked and forget to actually put effort in and prioritize your actual relationship with your spouse, Uh, especially in a mixed faith environment when when it's newer, um, that change of faith is newer. It can be uh, especially hard on the relationship if you don't do that. So Katie and I wanted to go through just a few ways that we have invested in our marriage over the years and... Just give you a few ideas. I'm sure that you could make a similar or maybe even very different list than ours, but just to get the idea in your mind of how you've invested and how you maybe can do better in the future. Same thing for us. So Katie, what is number one on the list? So something we've done that has been really helpful is we have always protected our date nights. We have had a date night every single week. Since the kids were non-existent, we have, those were the days we have set, set, we've been super poor. We've been also not super poor. And even through the ebbs and flows of money, we have always found a way to keep our date night protected. And what I mean by that is it could be something as stupid as going to a movie. It could be something as like easy as putting the kids to bed and coming downstairs and doing an activity together. We're big time game people. So we like playing games. We like playing games with other people. We have always found a way to have a date night. And that has always been the priority. I think that we've always put each other first, like, because the kids, the kids could literally take up a hundred percent, a thousand percent of your time. All day, every day. And for us, they do a lot of the time. But we're very intentional with getting away. Absolutely. I, I don't know. If, I think we have a, a bullet coming that this may fit better in there. But you just made me think of it. Uh, sometimes we'd like to go on a walk together just mm-hmm. at night. Whether the kids are down or not, we just take a step outside and just get away for 20, 30 minutes. Sometimes the dog is with us. Sometimes the dog is not. I think it goes better when the dog is not. I with us. cannot stand the dog with us because the, he's needy, and I don't need another thing or person needing me. <laughs> oh, there's the. There's another person at the door that okay. is needing us. Yep. Uh, we are a mixed canine marriage as well because I love that little pooch. I love the little guy. I tolerate him. <laughs> uh, something else that that we've been. Uh, fortunate to enjoy together is is traveling together. And like Katie mentioned, sometimes the date nights are a little more 
extravagant than others, uh, depending on the period of life that you're in. Uh, same thing goes for the travel. We've done little anniversary, quote, getaways, which include getting a townhome suites for one night uh, in Salt Lake, right next to where we live, and others where we we actually get some time away uh, and have a family member come and watch the kids or uh, take the kids somewhere and drop them off with, with Nana or something like that. Uh, that's Those are really, really special. What was the last significant amount of time we got away just the two of us was it last april it was may of last year may of 2021 so it's been over a year we're getting a few nights away in a couple of weeks uh going we're just going to california and we're making it as economical as possible staying with uh at the home of a friend (laughs) and borrowing a car from my aunt that lives there and you just kind of do what you can do with the resources you have to to, to get time away and having four kids. I know that many people listening may have more than that. It can get, it can get difficult. It can get expensive. It can get even tricky. You know, if you've got a dog and you have to get away or the kid's going to take care of, there's a lot to, to have to focus on, but that's what do you do, do when, if you have a spouse that travels a lot and, or is in the military and is gone for months and months, like how are they, how are they going to have date nights or time together? Jackbox. <laughs> Does Zoom count as date nights? I wonder if we have any so, military listeners. I know that there, we, we I, know, I we know do. that we do. Yeah. I would love to hear um how they actually pull that off and prioritize each other's. Have you talked to them about about how they do that? I haven't, but I'm just thinking about there are I mean, there are situations, there are people um that yeah, they don't see their spouse on a regular basis. That was us for a long time. I mean, Alan traveled a lot. And we tried to still, you know, as much as we could. It was, you know, here and there, try to get away or have a date night out when he was in town. But there was a good year where Alan was traveling almost weekly. And it was really hard on me and the kids. It was. It was hard on me, too. Mm. No, you don't accept that? <laughs> Going to a London office for a week. It doesn't matter. It's most, not a contest. Most, most of the time it was like a... 36 hour trip to Wisconsin in yeah. February. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, I, I get it's not all glamorous, but there was one particular night that Alan called me and he was in New York City and he had just gotten tickets to Hamilton, like the original cast Hamilton. And they had, they, he took Tiffany's, was their company. And anyway, took him out to like the steak dinner and then went to Hamilton. And he's excited and telling me about it. And all I could do was hang up the phone on him because I was at home dealing with kids, eating mac and cheese, and it was really traumatizing for me. <laughs> Katie, if I could have traded spaces with you in that moment, I I probably wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't have. <laughs> Just messing around. I wish you would have been there. We ended up going to Hamilton later together, right? It's it's fine. I'm just saying though, there are situations where many of you don't see your spouse on or if you have opposite schedules. Alan and I did this like thing where I worked nights at the hospital and he worked and went to school during the day and it was a high five see you later type situation and you know what? Like you do what you have to do to survive and then you just as much as you can sprinkle time in between whenever you can. So that's what I want to say about that. 
I would say that also this podcast has brought us together. What do you think? In what ways has the podcast brought us together? Well, this microphone, this literal, this physical microphone in between us right now has been our therapist for five years almost that we've been doing it. We started in January of 2018. So I think one way that we've invested in the marriage is talking about the difficult things and airing those difficult things publicly, which is kind of insane uh, to many people, including us at some, at some points of the last five years. But I think that's, that's a big one. Just the episodes, the podcast is more than the podcast as many people in this, in the, the listening to this may realize with the Facebook group, there's a lot there. Um, but we also have uh, different speaking engagements where we will, that sometimes that involves traveling together to go to that engagement and we get to check multiple boxes on the investing into the marriage. Uh, but uh, we also do this workshop with Natasha and we're in the middle of one of those uh, right now. So there's, there's a lot of different ways that this podcast has been an investment into each other. What would you think or say about that? Right. I think that anything that you choose to do that has nothing to do with Mormonism or has something to do with a cause. Okay. So like, this has been the cause that we've decided to take on and work through. If you can find that service opportunity, I know so many people who do humanitarian work. I know so many people who do things in their community together. I think that anything you can do together um, that's serving other people is going to be positive. And it does not have to involve the church whatsoever. So for us, it's been the podcast. For you, it might be the garden at the community center. <laughs> the garden? Like, yeah, I'm the community garden. That's what makes me think gardens, of parks, parks and I like, know when <clears throat> they think that they found weed. Andy's and, growing weed in the, yeah. in the garden, community garden. But it's not weed. It's not. No. It's basil or whatever it was. I mean, we're not going to fault you if you are growing weed. And that's hey, your, grow weed. If that, you want to grow weed, grow weed. That's. Especially that's, if you're in a state where it's legal. That's your thing with your spouse. Man, go for it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's true. Now, this the, the last one that we wanted to mention before we get to self-development is therapy and not just in the form of a microphone. Uh, Katie and I, late last year, started seeing a therapist with, with Wasatch Family Therapy. Is that the name of the practice? Yes. Wasatch Family Therapy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she's been great. It's been very good for us, I believe. I think one thing that it does is it kind of highlights for in a good way, it highlights like the things that you probably need to improve. I think that's one thing for me is that it's highlighted my need to be more vocal. And that's something that I think I realized, but it just came to the conscious mind over the course of, of therapy. And that's way that one way that we can invest in ourselves as well. And that that's expensive and it's time consuming. Right. It's not therapy is not easy. It's not <gasps> convenient right. and it's not usually free. Our insurance doesn't pay for it. So everything that we did was out of pocket. And when you have other kids that are going to therapy as well, it's just it can add up. So I I understand for those of you who say I can't afford therapy, we couldn't afford it for a long time and then we got to the point where we really needed and looked at it as an investment in our future. And 
it's been really helpful for us thus far. Yeah, absolutely. So to recap, protect those date nights, get away together in whatever form you can, as often as you can, uh, start a podcast. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> yes. Take our podcast. Over. Please, please take it. Five years is enough. Uh, and then therapy, if if you're in a position where you can do that. Those things have been very helpful for us uh, specifically. Now, on the course or the on the topic of self-development, Katie, why don't you introduce this? Because you have a lot to say on this topic specifically. Okay. So this is the reason why I'm bringing it up. I just returned home. I was gone for a week uh, in Oregon at... Jennifer Finlay, Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife's Art of Desire Retreat. And I'm going to be totally honest. Um, we had her on the podcast. We went ahead and, you know, promoted the course. I didn't know what to expect. But I did know that I wanted to go and try it out and see how it was. And I wanted to go with friends. So those two dreams came true. Both I had a spot and I went as well as I had a few friends that were going with me, unbeknownst to me as well. When I got there, there were quite a few ladies that I met that were already in our group, <laughs> in our marriage on a tightrope group, who knew who I was and knew I was coming. And then we talked when we were there. And that was really fun. That was that was great news. So um, I am in this, I, I feel like I'm in a place where Alan and I are good. Like things are things are fine. We work through things. Therapist help us helps us work through things. But m- m- out of the majority of the time, Alan and I can figure things out, and we're not we're no longer in a very scared space. We're no longer in, in a highly emotional space. That's not to say that we don't have emotions. That's just to say that we've found a way to work through the majority of this stuff. So I'm I'm now in a place where really I would like to work on my own self-development. And saying self-development, it's it's a form of self-care, right? Uh and so I'm going to read this article that um Jennifer shared with us and I'll just I'll start with that. Um, this is an article in the Thought Catalog. It's by a woman named Brianna Wiest. We'll link it. It's called This is What Self-Care Really Means Because It's Not All Salt, salt Baths and Chocolate Cake. Which, I mean, it's is that those part of, things That's part well. of it, though, right? It's part of it. Okay. Self-care is often a very unbeautiful thing. It is making a spreadsheet of your debt and enforcing a morning routine and cooking yourself healthy meals and no longer just running from your problems and calling the distraction a solution. It is often doing the ugliest thing you have to do, like sweat through another workout or tell a toxic friend you don't want to see them anymore, or get a second job so you can have a savings account, or figure out a way to accept yourself so that you're not constantly exhausted from trying to be everything all the time, and then needing to take deliberate mandated breaks from living to do basic things like drop, drop some oil into a bath and read Marie Claire and turn your phone off for the day. A world in which self-care has to be such a trendy topic is a world that is sick. 
Self-care should not be something we resort to because we are so absolutely exhausted that we need some reprieve from our own relentless internal pressure. And that often takes doing the thing you least want to do. True self-care is not soft baths and chocolate cake. It is making the choice to build a life you don't need to regularly escape from. It often means looking your failures and disappointments square in the eye and re-strategizing. It is satiating your immediate desires. No, it is not satiating your immediate desires. It is letting go. It is choosing new. It is disappointing some people. It is making sacrifices for others. It is living a way that other people won't, so maybe you can live in a way that other people can't. It is letting yourself be normal, regular, unexceptional. It is sometimes having a dirty kitchen and deciding your ultimate goal in life isn't going to be having abs and keeping up with your fake friends. It is deciding how much of your anxiety comes from not actualizing your latent potential and how much comes from the way you you were being trained to think before you even knew what was happening. If you find yourself having to regularly indulge in consumer self-care, it's because you are disconnected from actual self-care, which has very little to do with treating yourself and a whole lot to do with parenting yourself and making choices for your long-term wellness. It is no longer using your hectic and unreasonable life as justification for self-sabotage in the form of liquor and procrastination. It is learning how to stop trying to fix yourself and start trying to take care of yourself and maybe finding that taking that taking care lovingly attends to a lot of the problems you were trying to fix in the first place. It means being the hero of your life, not the victim. It means rewiring what you have until your everyday life isn't something you need therapy to recover from. It is no longer choosing a life that looks good over a life that feels good. It is giving the hell up on some goals so you can care about others. It is being honest, even if that means you aren't universally liked. It, it is meeting your own needs so you aren't anxious and dependent on other people. It is becoming the person you know you want and are meant to be. Someone who knows the salt baths and chocolate cake are always to enjoy life and not escape from it. So I read, she read this to us and it really hit, like hit home to me because I spent a good amount of time avoiding and running away. And masking it as self-care. There's nothing wrong with self-care. But when you're actively avoiding something, when you're actively running away from something, and for me, it was travel. I spent, I have spent a lot of months, a lot of years traveling, not only because it's something that I enjoy, but I think I found it as an escape away. And especially during like the hardest years with me and Alan, I would have a trip planned almost every month just so that I didn't have to face what was coming at me. And I've learned, right, that moderation in all things, travel, as well as avoiding what I what I don't want to face. But I I don't know. I felt like this was really, really helpful. Um, 
And, you know, I went to this retreat expecting it to be about sex. <laughs> I did. Uh, Art of desire. Okay, well, it's about how do you desire your husband? That's what they're going to teach me. And that was so far, so far from from what I actually gained that it was a huge, like, huge shift within myself. Um, you know, uh, Jennifer is so eloquent. She does such a good job about taking a principle, talking about it for two to three hours, and then she she would let us like go to lunch or go to dinner and we would sit and talk and talk and talk about it. That was probably one of the genius things about, about a course is sometimes with a course, an online course, you listen to the lecture, you kind of write down your thoughts and that's it. But I enjoyed being there with other people that I could sit and talk through some of these ideas. And my friend um, Brittany and I would often go to like the grass area or go to the car. And then we would talk about all these things that <laughs> we were thinking and feeling. In fact, Alan sent me a text, like, I don't know, it was the first day in or second day in. And he said, oh, so what are the sex tips and tricks? And I remember right, my response back to you was, um, it is not about you. And Alan was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> I have a lot to learn. But um, one of the things that she she really talks about with desire is that desire is a virtue. She says, and I'm going to quote something that she said. She says, to develop an honest or solid sense of self, women must claim, uncover, and develop what it is we desire. Desire is a deep form of self-expression. It expresses and exposes who we are, what we hope to become, what we are about. We must see the virtue of desire as the power source of our development into strong, able, loving women. We must stop trying to earn legitimacy in others' eyes and start earning greater legitimacy in our own. So, like, it was those principles that she built each discussion on. And as we went throughout the week, those principles like built and built and built. And really what she was doing is she was giving us a chance to be our own self-author, to have our own sense of self and to not compromise our desires in order to placate other people's feelings, including our spouses. Now, I mean, there's there's things that go along with that, but it was a very just empowering place to be. It was so wonderful to be with other women. I was very surprised. Um, we had women in their 20s, all the way up to a woman who said she was 71 which I think that proves like you, you never stop learning. There's always something to learn or to gain. And as far as the belief spectrum goes, it was so nice to see that there were women who were post-Mormon who had, who were gone out of the church. There are women who were very nuanced and very much in a same space as me, but then there were also active believing women. 
yet everyone could make space for each other because it doesn't really matter where you fall or where you land. It's what you desire and what you want. Anyway, so I felt like um, this was really such a shift, such a life-changing week for me personally in my own self-development. And I feel like there are... This is really the direction that I'm moving. I'm moving into a phase where I want to develop my sense of self, um, not for anyone else, but for me. And that includes like what I want to do, if you know, future wise with the church and what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And I'll tell you this, I have avoided some really hard conversations for a very long time, but you know, there were times during the <laughs> the week that I felt like I was doing really well. And other times where I would like Marco Polo Allen and apologize for something that I've realized I've done that has actually been really detrimental to our relationship that I shouldn't have done. And so it was that kind of like self-discovery was just so powerful within myself. And um, I came home and I ended up having a really difficult dis- discussion with someone that I have totally avoided. And I felt so calm and cool and collected because I am no longer willing to, um, to compromise my, my self integrity. And because of that, I'm, I feel like I can move forward um, with that as my ruling, not anyone else. Anyway, I don't know, Alan, if you want to talk about <laughs> just the sort of the fire that came out of last week for me. No, I mean, I've, I'm very supportive of it. I Just for the record, I did not expect this to be a how to please your husband week. Um, I did not think it was that going into it. Uh, and I was just excited for you to learn what you wanted to and needed to learn. And, um, by the time Katie got back, she had purchased the online version of the same course for men. So I guess I'm doing that now. Uh, I haven't started it just yet, but we have all the materials ready to go. So I think that I can probably do a a similar episode in the future on my learnings on this same topic. So if anyone has thought about doing the art of desire for the women, uh, I know that next year she has a few different retreats. I have purchased the online version and I've been going over that. The online version is great. There is something different about being at these in-person retreats. So I'll, I'll say that. That's my plug for that. Um, I know that there's one in Austin, Texas next fall. And then um, I'm not sure about Art of Loving for Men. But Alan can give you an update. But we see that both those both um, as a way that we can both um, come together, help our marriage, but also it's self-development. They She also has a course for couples. Um, I think that there's two in-person couples retreats one in spring city which is i feel like the most random place ever it's like down by manti 
And then the other one is in Italy. And that's the one I want to go to, but we'll <sighs> see. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's the timing and the money and everything. So anyway, if you have thought about doing a course like this, if there are other podcasts you follow and there are self-development courses, things that you think would be really beneficial to you, do it. I, I just, I think that it's important for us and it's so needful for everyone to be able to work on themselves because if you want to bring your best self to your marriage, there's only one person who can do that and that's you. And if that means, you know, further education, if it means self-development, if it means self-care, if it means taking a bubble bath at the end of the night, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that there are so many different forms of self-care that you're probably already doing that we don't always recognize as so. Going to the gym. Alan's good at going to the gym every single morning. That type of thing. So, you know, when we are able to come and bring our best selves to the marriage, to the table, um, it really can change the dynamic of the marriage itself. And that's why I have felt like this has been so beneficial to me. So many thoughts um and blockages I think I had before I went um, has really taken care of itself um, because I'm just in a completely different mindset. And the framework that she gives you to work within is just at another level. And I just can't say enough good things about it. I would love if any of you wanted to <laughs> go to the retreat with me next year. <laughs> I definitely... Um, I'm planning on doing it and we'll we'll bring you up to date and we'll announce it when it when it comes. But my plug is to all of you to find what feels most true, what feels like would be most helpful, to find that self-development, to do it, and then bring your best self to your marriage. Thank you for listening to this yet another episode of Marriage in a Tightrope. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Marriage and a Tightrope. On the Facebook group is where you will find a number of other couples that are going through very similar things and many discussions. Uh, that is helpful during this time of year with General Conference coming up next week as well. You can email us at marriageandatightrope at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you when we do, and we will see you on the next episode. <laughs>